Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Ball with Eric Ghost. I am Eric Ghost, and it is good to have you with us for what is going to be a very special episode four. We're going to have a twofer for you. We've got one of the Lumber Kings catchers and really the everyday starting catcher for the Lumber Kings, one of the Marlins' top prospects, Will Banfield, joining us here on this episode. And we will also have the Director of Player Development, Dick Scott, joining us. Dick Scott, who was in town for just one night here in Clinton as part of a series sweep against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the single-A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. He was here for the opener. That was on Thursday, April the 18th. So some of the messages that Scott will mention as far as pitching comes along those starts they have come and gone but overall he'll be giving us a brief synopsis of the talent that is here in Clinton and highlighting our guest today and Will Banfield so that'll be pretty fun of course to talk with Dick Scott about you'll hear that at the end of the podcast after we talk with Will Banfield but it has been an exciting couple of days here in Clinton and really a couple of weeks despite the weather if you've been following the team for the beginning of the season, you are now familiar with what has come up with the weather. It's been hot one day, it's been snowy the next, and unfortunately for the Lumber Kings, it has meant some postponements. They saw a postponement on the finale against the Quad Cities River Bandits on the 11th. That was part of a four-game series that turned into three. That game washed out on April the 11th, a Thursday. And then the Lumber Kings out in Beloit, the single-A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics, a game that was snowed out. And that led to a pretty funny moment. And if you follow us on Twitter, at least at Lumber Kings on Twitter or on Instagram as well, you would see the snowball fight that had taken place when the Lumber Kings pulled into Peoria at the hotel because, well, they had nowhere else to go after the game was snowed out on Sunday on the 14th in Beloit in southern Wisconsin. A snowball fight broke out. It was mainly between the Latin guys because, well, I imagine they hadn't seen a whole lot of snow. Everyone else was going straight to their rooms. Meanwhile, for the Lumber Kings, at least it seemed like uh, Marcos Rivera and Durar Encarnacion and Alberto Guerrero, a, a snowball fight broke out, and it lasted quite a while. So that was the fun that was had on Sunday with no baseball being played. Now, when the action resumed, the Lumber Kings would rattle off an incredibly successful road trip. It was shortened to five games with that postponement in Beloit, but five games and they won four of them. That is how strong they were in that road trip. A reason why that as we record this, we should say on April the 22nd, Monday, had to check the calendar for a second. Lumber Kings are coming into the action against the opener with Beloit as one of the hottest teams in the Midwest League. They are currently in second place, or at least tied for it with Kane County at 9-6, and six, two games back of the Burlington Bees. And were the season to end today, the Lumber Kings would be playoff bound. Now, a lot of baseball left to be played here in the first half, but seeing the emergence of some of the guys as of late, which are the big bats for the Lumber Kings, that has to be refreshing to see for Mike Jacobs and maybe a reason to see the gray hairs become a little bit less, even with some of the issues they have had on the bullpen and on the defensive side of things. Lumber Kings are seen as some of the big bats heat up, and one of them, Will Banfield, the reason why we decided to talk with them, his fingerprints were all over a series sweep against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers that they are just coming off of a series again that ran from April 18th through the 20th. Banfield was the hero in night one. He had a double off the wall and left, and then was chased home on a Bubba Hollins double to score a run. And then in the 10th inning, the Lumber Kings, who had controlled that game for much of the night, that lead would disappear. 
Banfield would come up in the 10th after they had intentionally walked two guys to get to him, and he, all he did was drive one to the warning track for a game-winning single. It would have been a lot more than that, but the Lumber Kings needed just the one run to walk off Wisconsin. That was the first walk-off win of the 2019 season for the Lumber Kings, and then Banfield came right back on the finale of that series two nights later on Saturday, and he had a three-run homer, and that was out in the Lumber Lounge, right center field. That is how impressive it was for Banfield in the nights that he had against Wisconsin. Always impressive to see a bat like that starting to heat up. And for Will Banfield, as we mentioned, just 19 years of age, you'll be thinking about defense when you first get to know Will just because that's where all the attention comes from on the scouting side of things. But overall, it is an impressive package. It seems like it comes together. And so as we record this again on Thursday, April the 22nd, an average of 125, that is a little bit misleading because Banfield has also run into some bad luck. He has been mismatched at times, but it is impressive to see him use all fields still and now seeing the power come as of late. Sean Reynolds, a big power bat. He had a couple of hits as well, starting to wake up a little bit. Christopher Torres, a top 30 prospect here in Clinton, had gone for an 0 for 25 slide and then had seen that come to an end in the finale against Wisconsin with a double down the line in right. And then, of course, the league-wide off day, which was Easter, April 21st on Sunday, which you'll hear from Will Banfield, one that was used almost exclusively for sleep. So we'll be chatting with him when we come back. Episode 4 here of A-Ball with Eric Ghost. Will Banfield, he'll be joining us next. And welcome back here on A-Ball. We are now joined by the Lumber Kings starting catcher. That is Will Banfield. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on what is becoming a rainy day here in Clinton. Oh, for sure. Thank you very much for having me. Well, yesterday we were kind of talking about it before we got started. The first off day of the 2019 season for the Lumber Kings. There were some rain outs, some postponements due to cold weather, but it was an honest-to-God off day for the Lumber Kings. How good did it feel for you? You know, it felt really good. Um, got to sleep all day, got a little bit of rest, and just having a day off from uh, going to the field and just working and everything like that is good every once in a while. Yeah, I'd say so. I think even the broadcasters appreciated the day off. So that, I think, tells you just a little bit about the grind. But it kind of speaks right to the schedule that is here in the Midwest League, 140 games. Now, you're one of the younger players here on the team at just 19 years of 19 years old. Well, was that a, in the front of your mind or any place in your mind coming out here, the challenge that is just the schedule, 140 games? Uh, really not. You know, um, being 19 years old, I think of myself as obviously one of the other players in the room, whether they be 25 years old, 26 years old. Uh, being in the same locker room as them, uh, you kind of have to realize that you're with the big boys now. So kind of knowing that and that aspect and that you have to go out there and compete every single day and win a spot just like you do in high school ball or travel ball. You know, it's really the same in that aspect. Um, the only thing that's different, like you said, is just playing every single day. But um, to me, that's good as well, too, because if you're struggling, then you know that you play the next day. So really just having your mindset for that. 
Yeah, and you get a taste of the, the road, right? The hotels, good, bad, or indifferent. Minor league baseball, right? The parks, good, bad, or indifferent. And the bus rides, of course. So, and we've only had really one of them, which you don't really count. I say the Kent County because that was just kind of an overnight out in the suburbs of oh, Chicago. Sure. But what has the first taste been like of minor league baseball, riding the bus, going to the parks, the hotels, and all the jazz that goes along with it? Um, you know, bus-wise, it's not bad. You're with all your boys on your team, so y'all are just chilling, sleeping, uh, playing cars, doing this and that. But, you know, the hotels, if they're bad, I'm a really, like, clean person. So depending on the hotels, I'm not a fan of sometimes. But, you know, that's all part of it. So really that's more an incentive to uh, just, like, keep playing well and try to get out of a certain spot as soon as possible. But at the same time, you just have to go with what you're given. So I make the best out of what we're working with. And depending on that and just going to different ballparks, it's cool to see um, – different players that you played with in the past so this past series uh, when we played Wisconsin uh, I had one of my friends on that team on that team so it was cool to go out to eat with him and everything so yeah that's kind of the small fraternity right at baseball it's kind of it never really stopped amazing me no matter where I was whether it was Australia or whether it was here in the Midwest League that everyone talks to each other they all know each other and you mentioned going out to eat with one of your but you I'm sure you already had the schedule circled right for seeing a friend that maybe on the other team or whatnot but that's kind kind of the close-knit fabric that is uh, baseball that you get a taste of right away. That must have been a pretty cool experience early in the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, you kind of look forward to those times, too, to be able to see one of your good friends. And also you look forward to the times where you travel somewhere that's closer, or a little bit closer to home. So um, going to Bowling Green, that's, uh, I think, like six or seven hours from my house. But, you know, it's close enough for some of my family to come. So I'm looking forward to that as well and seeing if some of my friends uh, are going to come up there as well, too. So get a little bit of taste of home as that as well too well we should pick your brain too on the the game in between the lines I guess as as well because it's been a hot start for you as of late with a home run you had the walk-off hit for the Lumber Kings we joked on the game notes that it was the Banfield heroics and that <laughs> series sweep part of it at least but how good did that feel and what was it like to kind of break out so to speak at the plate in that last series against Wisconsin you know it felt really good um, I gotta try to build off of that now um, it felt good to be able to go up to the plate and um, know that I had a job to do and complete that job as to say so um, really like I said I'm I try to build off of that. Uh, I didn't start too hot, but, you know, that happens with everybody. It's going to happen to everybody once in a while in the season. So, you know, just like coming into these next games, I'm going to try to do the best that I can to put up a good battle at the plate and uh, just go up there with a full heart and just knowing that, I'm able to do it and just going up there and doing my best. Well, when we uh, get the rosters, it's usually like a day or two, I think, before the season. So it's not a whole lot of time from a, a media relations standpoint. That's our gripe right here. That's what this whole episode is about, <laughs> media yeah. relations gripes. But <laughs> we were, of course, we get your name. And so we start looking up, you know, a top prospect and it gives you a kind of a scouting report. And one of it was the power and it can show as a, as a pool hitter. Well, shows what they know because the know first right. home run <laughs> from Will Banfield, opposite field into right. Yeah. So was that part? of your game that you're really trying to work on and maybe emphasize here in 2019? Um, You know, just hitting the ball where it's pitched. Uh, Depending on where the ball is, obviously I'm going to take the ball that way. Um, Really, I wouldn't say that I'm trying to pull the ball every single time, but it just happens to be that way uh, some of the time. So just depending on where the ball is, um, what the situation is. So walk off the other day, I was just trying to put something in the air in the outfield because we had one out, runner at third, and trying to get the run across. Um, they had five infielders, though, so I just had to put it in some spot, which kind of felt good to have a big open spot in center and field, but then I go right field. So. Well, and also how good did it feel, too, because they intentionally walked two guys yeah. to get to you, and then it yeah. was, okay, well, let's end it right yeah. now. 
right now then. For sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was cool. it was cool to be able to go up there and do that as well. But, you know, we have uh, Encarnacion in front of me, um, and he's pretty hot right, right now Right, yeah, too, I mean, so. he is batting 400. Yeah. We should give them yeah. some credit, I suppose, <laughs> yeah, on the, the so, chess match that yeah, was played. Yeah, so I'd probably walk in too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it may be a reason why they're not doing it right now. But sure. we're joined here with uh, Will Banfield, one of the top prospects here in Clinton and in the Miami Marlins organization. So top prospect usually means a high-round pick, and you were a second-round pick. If you could take us through that experience, what it was like, because I'm, I'm sure you were followed pretty closely right in the high school ranks leading up to that moment. Yeah, um, you know, it's every little kid's dream to be drafted and play uh, uh, Major League Baseball and kind of just be kind of known as a Major League Baseball player and just a professional baseball player in that. Um, you know, that night I was with a bunch of my friends, family, with my mom, obviously, and, you know, she's been there since the beginning, and it was cool to be able to share that experience with her, um, having their, having her sit there right beside me while I had my name called and um, being a team like Miami Marlins where um, they had the faith in me and they they believed that I was able to complete the job, uh, or I did, so as to that, like, like point in time uh, when I got drafted and knowing that they're behind my back and knowing I have my family and friends and everybody there that were all with me from the beginning it was really cool to be able to share that experience with, and, with them. And your mom, right? I think we talked about this when we had you out on, the, uh, on opening day, but she was pretty excited, right? Maybe the most excited for you and hearing that news and that hard work uh, yeah. kind of paying off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she always took me to my uh, travel ball trips, everything. She sacrificed so much. So being able to uh, be there with her or she'd be there with me and being able to give her a little bit of something too was really cool to be able to do uh, after all that uh, work paid off yeah maybe we'll we'll see her out in bowling green right with you as oh, you mentioned sure. just uh, not too far away oh for, for sure. sure of course yeah, uh, sure. That, we can file that in the uh, dumb oh, questions yeah. Uh, yeah. folder right <laughs> for there. sure yeah. yeah i think uh that that sunday's mother's day but oh, i think wow. we travel that day but she's going to be there that saturday so yeah it's it, there's too many stars aligning for it not to happen mm, i know uh, right yeah well uh you, we we talk uh, of course about your offense which is i guess where they say sometimes it it moves the the needle a little bit, but when it comes to Will Banfield, the first thing that's mentioned is defense, and I think the Midwest League has been getting an education pretty quickly mm-hmm. too about what that defense is in store. So, what what goes into that defensive aspect behind the plate? Because right, there's so many moving parts for a pitcher. You got to worry about a little bit of ego massaging with the pitchers that you deal with. You've got to worry about pitch selection, in-game strategy, and then you also have to catch in the most defend or most defensively important position that's on the diamond. So, I was wondering if you could take us through what you view the defensive aspect of your job behind the behind the plate um you know obviously it's probably one of the most important positions on the field everything that comes into it and also um at the plate um when I'm at the plate it's like I'm a completely different person from when I'm behind the plate when I'm at the plate if I go for four I'm still not going to take that with me behind the plate when I'm catching um, but if I'm four for four, I'm still not going to bring it behind the plate when I'm catching as well, too. So got to try to stay level-headed in that aspect. So um, whether I start bad or I'm in a good spot um, hitting-wise, I'm never going to bring it behind the plate. I'm always going to make sure I do my job there because I have a lot more at stake or riding on me than just one little single up the middle or a single somewhere. I have a pitcher that needs me, a whole, whole infield, outfield that needs me, too, a whole team that's riding on me, too. So um, really in that aspect, I'm not going to try to let it get in my head so I think that's kind of helped me a lot um, going through and playing baseball is just kind of just flushing um, whatever I do when I'm up to bat if I hit a three-run bomb to start the game or if I hit a walk-off um, the next day I'm know I'm, I'm going to roll in there and knowing that I have a job to do behind the plate and I have a job to do uh, 
while I'm at the plate hitting wise. So the those two things are separate for me. Uh, like I said, I flush it whether I'm doing good or bad. Then I go out there and do the best that I can behind the plate. Yeah, and uh, we were uh, usually hear about catchers too that there's a big jump right from the amateur ranks, which is kind of where you'd come from. We know you had a taste of the professional ranks in 2018, but this being your first full season, and then into the professional ranks. So what what are the big differences, I guess, catching-wise. Sometimes you hear about calling a game maybe for the first time on the pitch selections, but what have you felt just in the first month or so here in 2019 are some of the differences that you've noticed from pro ball to amateur ball? Um, You know, for me, I played at a pretty high-level travel ball, um, so I caught a lot of arms that were mid to upper 90s, so in that aspect, I've caught really good arms before, and I think I can hang with the best just catching-wise. um, calling game wise, I've always called a game, but you know it's just a little different when you read more swings and you play every single day, and you actually play series of three or four games against teams. So that aspect, just uh, keeping it rolling against a team, just like figuring out what they do good, what they do bad, and just attacking those uh, those difficulties that they have. Well, we always marvel. I think we marveled at it. It's never good when the broadcaster doesn't have a, a way to describe it. But when we saw your first throw down to second, I think it was against Trey Holmes, who had 25 stolen bases mm-hmm. last season in the minor yeah. leagues. He was out by plenty. It looked like he had a good first step, too. And I think we just said, wow. And then we reminded the audience that the uh, play was indeed made and Banfield had thrown out yeah. the would-be base stealer. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun to watch. For what sure. was the moment that you maybe uh, had noticed that you had some real gifts when it came to the arm? Because you, you talked with us that you were a football player right in high school of course a quarterback where you can show off the arm so was there a moment at all where you noticed that I've got something special here um you know growing up I played really every position in the infield um I pitched too so really when I was on the mound and I was pitching I kind of realized that I had a pretty good arm and then I took it behind the plate with me uh when I started catching or when I caught two um in the game and um really just long toss when I started long tossing and I could throw the ball pretty far I kind of realized that I had a decent arm or um an arm that could play a little bit so that's kind of when I like knew I guess um like high school a little bit before that too. okay yeah and and you said what was it uh junior was your last year of football right yes sir. yeah and then you'd gone back and committed fully to Mm -hmm. baseball baseball. but were there there other sports too because sometimes you hear from the guys that it is important to when you're growing up as a kid to play a lot of different sports kind of diversifying yourself as an athlete so to speak did you find that uh, to be the case at all maybe other sports that weren't baseball helping you in baseball when it came time to play that um my brother plays lacrosse um which isn't like big some places but it's starting to get big in the south where I'm from in Georgia um, he played that so I'd mess around with him just a little bit like that in the front yard a little bit to try to help him out some but really uh, it was just baseball and football growing up I think I swam when I was really young or whatever but really just baseball and football yeah well we're coming off an off day too so we like to end the interviews with with just fun and it is kind of hard I right right now I know to pinpoint what you can do with the day off because I think the last time I checked there's like nine of them over <laughs> six yeah. games so it's not like you have a whole lot of free time and I, I joke sometimes too that you, you tell yourself you're going to do all these things right we're going to yeah. play golf we're going to learn a new language yeah. we're going to read a new book and then it's just yeah, <laughs> the entire yeah. time right so yeah. what, what do you do I know your off day was mainly filled uh, recharging the batteries so yeah. to speak but when you do have energy and you have some time off what are some hobbies that you have um 
So yesterday, um, I think I woke up at 12.45. Good man. Got out of bed at 4.15. Great man. And then got back in bed at 6.30 and Fantastic. slept until 9 and then went to sleep again. So It's a full-time yeah, hobby. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday <laughs> I was sleeping. Um, other than that, really just going out to eat, hanging out. I mean, if there's stuff to do around, then bowling. I mean, just doing whatever. So whatever we can get our hands on is what we do. Yeah, and uh, I, I should ask, too, the, the, the coaching staff here, we've heard really good things. How is it been working because you're a catcher too so you work pretty closely with Mark DeFelice the pitching coach and, and what has that uh, interactions been like for you for you the first couple month here you know I really love our uh, coaching staff right now um, for Jacobs uh, Frank Moore and then uh, Mark DeFelice too so it's really cool to have some guys that kind of understand the game and the ups and downs of the game and having some guys that like know that you're going to struggle, know that you're going to do good and just trying to keep you level headed as well too so it's cool to have some some coaches that kind of are down to earth with you as well and all of them have been awesome and I'm really lucky to be able to have a coaching staff like them. That kind of speaks to you right to the to the longness of the season because sometimes you'll hear that you never want to get too high and too low because you know you're at it every single day and uh, I guess that's kind of the the levelness that you could kind of expect and you need right as a catcher too um, with this coaching staff that's here in Clinton. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, like I said, um, they know the ups and downs of the game, and having Jacobs not too far out of the game, too, is yeah. kind of cool, having somebody like that that you can talk to about game situations and stuff. And, and the weather's been fine for you here in the Midwest. I, I know it's kind of warmed up, yeah. and then it snowed, and then it got yeah. <laughs> warm again. It yeah. changes all the time. Yeah, it, it was cold at the beginning. I wasn't used to that, being from Georgia. You know, it snows, like, maybe – Maybe within a week, I think, yeah. Georgia in December, and that was it, really. And it's not cold, really, any other time. But, you know, definitely had to get used to the cold at the beginning. And then I think it got a little warm, and then it snowed. And we got in, uh, to Beloit for our last game. We got snowed out, and then, um, you know, it warmed up again. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we got the, sun, I mean, the uh, sun's still out. So Yeah, as, as of course, it's raining right yeah, now. No, but, hey, we'll take it right now, now sure. that it's not snow. And that just makes it easier, right, mm -hmm. for just being baseball. I think Jacobs had said to us, offhand that you know this isn't the weather that where you should be playing yeah. in all the time so you got to have more of an even product with predictable weather and that should help right defense offense all of that jazz right oh for sure yeah keeping our bodies warm arms warm and being able to feel our hands so. absolutely and then they'll, they'll look to do that hopefully in warmer weather is now that's will banfield uh joining us here on a ball thanks again will for joining us and uh take care we appreciate it thank you very much for having me i appreciate it It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
And welcome back to A-Ball here with Eric Ose. You just heard from the Lumber Kings everyday catcher and one of the Miami Marlins top prospects, Will Banfield, about the approach defensively behind the plate, the approach offensively at the plate, and just the role of becoming a professional baseball player and maybe some discoveries along the way where he'd found out that, hey, I've got something special here. And with Will Banfield defensively, it's the easiest thing to spot. When you've got tools as great as Banfield has defensively, in particular that arm, if you have not seen it, we implore you to come out and check it out down in the minor leagues or wherever along the way you see Will Banfield. The arm is going to impress you and the cannon that he has. And, of course, as a football player, he was a quarterback to show off that arm. So that was Will Banfield. Thanks so much for taking the time to him on what was a rainy day in Clinton before the opener against the Beloit Snappers. We had rain that was coming down through most of the contest, or at least before the ball game had started, although they would eventually play against the Snappers. So a big thanks to Will Banfield. Also wanted to highlight some of just the full report card for the Lumber Kings here down on the farm. A record at 9-6, and six, which has been impressive. Bats that have been breaking out. We mentioned Sean Reynolds having a two-double performance in the opener against Wisconsin, but also having some defensive miscues, and there has been some negative sides of things on this season for the Lumber Kings, and defense is the easiest place to start. In that 3-2 to two win on the series finale against Wisconsin, the Lumber Kings were charged with five errors in that game. Already the second time this season the Lumber Kings have been charged with five errors in a ball game. As a team going into the opener with the Beloit Snappers again on Monday, April 22nd, they had already been charged with 29 errors as a team, second most in the Midwest League. And Torres, as we mentioned, maybe taking kind of the 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 slump offensively, had gone 0 for 25 and then break that slide with a double down the line in right in the opener against Wisconsin. Well, already this season and in that game particular, he had two errors charged against him. So that is now nine on the year for Torres. And you heard Will talk about on the defensive side of things that no matter how his day is going at the plate, that he tries very hard to keep that out of his mind and bringing it over on the catching side of things, mentioning all the people that depend on him, whether it be the infielders or it be the pitching staff that, of course, needs to get the signs from his catcher. Well, for Torres, you may be wondering if the slide at the plate had carried into the field or vice versa, as currently he is on pace to break a record that was set in 1968 by Maximo Torres here in Clinton for the franchise record for errors at shortstop, which was at 65. Of course, Torres known for, and this is Christopher Torres, known for his glove, so we expect it to be a little bit more evened out as the season goes along. And to also be fair to Christopher Torres, we should also mention again the weather that has been on display here in the Midwest League. It's been hard to get accustomed to anything, whether it's sunshine and beautiful out, it doesn't stay for very long, it gets cold and then it snows, or the rains will come as will be the case throughout the summer, but still it does not make it easier for that consistency, at least defensively for the Lumber Kings, and they're certainly hoping that more consistent weather in the summer weather will be uh, a way to improve defensively as well as the season just unfolding and the familiarity of the roles for these teams. So that's a full report card. We're going to step aside another time here to allow Dick Scott to come on. As we mentioned, it's a special episode here of A-Ball with Eric Ghost. He will join us next, and then we will come back for our final thoughts.
got an exciting guest, and that is Dick Scott, the Director of Player Development for the Miami Marlins. Thanks for taking the time here to talk with us. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, it's a little bit cold now as the uh, winter has found us again as the team has returned home from Clinton, but a very exciting group to be around here in 2019 for the Lumber Kings and a lot of talent and resources the Marlins have poured into this group. What is just uh, maybe a general takeaway from this team that really has only had about a week and a half under its belt here in 2019? Yeah, I think, you know, in general we have a younger team here for the league and we have a lot of, uh, you know, 19, 20-year-olds that are playing. And I know there's others scattered throughout the league, but... Uh, I think we have some exciting players here. We have uh, position players. We have high picks. We have talented guys. We have pitchers that, uh, you know, have big arms. And uh, we're kind of excited about the group. We're just hoping that the weather just <laughs> improves a little bit so they can get out on the field and do their work. That makes about a 1,000 of us right now, hoping that the weather improves. Seeing some snow, in fact, on a postponement out in Sunday in Beloit. But the team, we've seen the flashes of that talent, and really we can highlight Gerard Encarnacion to really uh, emphasize that point. Well, what have you seen maybe from the box scores and the reports that have come your way on a guy that comes in with an average north of 400 and he's tied for the league lead in RBIs and home runs here? Well, he's a really interesting uh, prospect. Last year he had a solid year. Uh, he's got some unbelievable strength and uh, power. And, uh, you know, he's a good outfielder. He's got a plus arm. He runs well for a big guy. And I think by the time he, you know, two or three years from now, he's going to really get his man strength and be some kind of strong, strong man. That is a scary thought for pitchers out there because Encarnacion's home run that was hit the other day out in Peoria, it was hard to find where it had landed and gone so far, and it was a big moment too. That was a comeback for the Lumber Kings, and that kind of speaks to maybe something that isn't in the scouting reports or what Baseball America talks about, but the ability of this team to come back from for their last four wins, I think it has been, and come from behind fashion. Does that maybe speak to the, the character of these guys or the, uh, the manager here in Mike Jacobs, who a lot of them had last season out in Batavia? Yeah. I think it's all of the above. I think our guys, you know, hopefully they play nine hard innings and, and try to win these games. And, you know, they have come from behind. Uh, yesterday was a great example of that where they scored seven runs in two innings. And, uh, you know, I think they have the capabilities. I think they're still finding their footing. It's just, uh, like I said, a young group, but uh, really confident and comfortable with the coaching staff we have here and the, and the support staff. So I think it's going to be good. I, I like the energy that the guys have. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, once once the weather warms up and the guys can get after their work like they want to, it, it'll be good. Yeah, and we wanted to highlight some of the pitching, too, because when you look at the roster here, it's very easy to go to the big names of Connor Scott and Will Banfield, but the starting pitching in particular has been so impressive to start the season. Fortunately, Robertson put on the injured list earlier today, but Chris Valamon has had three very sharp starts for the Lumber Kings. He was the opening day starter. What can you say about this rotation that, of course, works off of a guy like Soriano here tonight and Humberto Mejia as well? Right. Uh, you know, we had seven guys that we knew were starting pitchers that came here, and unfortunately we've got an injury, but... Uh, the nice thing about having seven guys is you don't really miss a beat, really. But, uh, you know, just to speak to a Valamont start the other day, I mean, it was really impressive. He had all four pitches working, uh, touched 96. I was really impressed with his slider. Slider was really hard and sharp. Uh, he throws his curveball for strikes. Uh, probably threw more change-ups than he has in the past, but it's, it's going to be a plus pitch for him. So just him and other guys that we have, we have some big arms coming, I think, the strength of our organization overall is probably our pitching. Uh, you know, we have other guys in the organization that are 
that we like that can be front end of the rotation guys. I think there's a couple guys here that can add to that. So I, I think we're in pretty good shape. It's going to be a couple years probably. Yeah, well, we're visiting again with the director of player development for the Miami Marlins, Dick Scott. Well, I guess we can ask you about those big names, Will Banfield and Connor Scott. Scott had kind of a tweak of an injury, but it came after a double. It seems like he's been having an approach at the plate that's starting to get some results after it seemed like some tough luck early on in the season. And Banfield, he's just really fun to watch defensively behind that plate. That cannon of an arm, I think, turns everyone, whether you're the director of player development or a broadcaster, into a fan pretty quickly, right, because of the talent and tools that he has behind the plate at a very young age. Right. Both guys are young for the league and uh, probably inexperienced for this level. We sent them both to uh, Greensboro last year to get a taste of A-ball, knowing that they would be playing at that level this year. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of was with mixed results. They probably didn't perform. We told them not to worry about it, just to, you know, learn about the bus rides and things like that. And, uh, you know, they're coming around. It takes a while. Both guys are from Florida, so they're not used to this type of weather. And I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on the weather. I've been in this league myself as a uh, manager and I think the Midwest League is a great league. You know, the travel from Clinton's really reasonable. Uh, some great cities and ballparks that the guys are going to play in the summer. So, but but it is new to them. And uh, but what blows my mind is as chilly as it is outside. Guys are out short, side in shorts today, doing their work. And I'm like, you know, you guys can wear pants and sweatshirts. It's okay. I don't know. They're just trying to prove their toughness, I suppose. Well, we'll let you go with this because we had your son here last year, Aaron Clinton, as a prospect for the Mariners, Zach Scott. He's doing well, hopefully, and, and, and doing well with the baseball career as well. Yeah, Zach enjoyed his time in Clinton, and, uh, you know, actually he is a Miami Marlin now, and uh, he may be back here sooner than later. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, he enjoyed it, liked the people here. Uh, and uh, he told me before we got here, he said the clubhouse is great, the facility, the batting cages. So really happy that our guys have a place to work out when it's rainy or cold or whatever. They can still go hit and do their, their work that they need to. So it's all good. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And, of course, send our best to Zach as well. Will do. Thank you. And welcome back here to A-Ball with Eric Ose. You just heard from the Director of Player Development for the Miami Marlins, Dick Scott. Kind enough to take some time with us on his only day here in Clinton. That was back on April the 18th on Thursday, so we apologize for talking about some pitching matchups that were coming up. But we were able to touch on some of the injury bugs that have hit the Lumber Kings. One of them was... Josh Roberson, who you just heard Dick Scott mention having to be placed on the injured list. He was the number two starter for the Lumber Kings this year, and you may remember him. He was on the podcast. He was, in fact, on episode two of that podcast, and so it was good to catch up with Jake, but unfortunately, that was the last start that we had seen from him. The good news is he is with the team. We also have to report that our translator from episode number three, Ernesto Batista, he was sent back down to the GCL, still nursing an injury to a knee for Nestor Bautista. We hope he is back soon as we certainly appreciated his translation, his skills that we needed to talk to, Gerard Encarnacion. But those are some of the moving parts and some familiar names for fans of the podcast. As unfortunately, 
fortunately, we well, at least we hope, we're knocking on wood right now. A jinx is not developing because two guys have certainly been bit by the injury bug, so to speak. Lumber Kings also seen, though, in that time, a guy that was not officially placed on the injured list, as it is now called, but the number one prospect here in town, and that is Connor Scott. He had a double in what was starting to be a very nice road trip for Connor Scott. He had gotten the average up to 163 after he had seen the average begin south of the 100 mark for the season. And Scott, in his breakouts at the plate, he had the, the big moment with the win, essentially, keying the win against Beloit with a dramatic game-tying double in the eighth inning of the final game in Beloit on Saturday. And then he came back into Peoria, and he looked like he was carrying the momentum right back in to the series with the Chiefs. Connor Scott had a hit, a run scored, a walk in game one of that series. And then in game two, which was a pitcher's duel, which shows you how hard it was to come by hits, Connor Scott had one of just two extra base hits for the Lumber Kings with a double in the sixth inning. It went down the line in left, so an opposite field double for Scott. Fortunately, though, for the Lumber Kings center fielder, Scott was very slow to get to second. We weren't quite sure whether that was discomfort for Scott or whether he knew it was just going to be two bases and that was it, so he kind of glided into second base. Well, he would stay in, run the bases for that remainder of a half inning, and then was taken out. We did not see Scott then in the finale the following day in Peoria on April the 17th. We did not see him in any three games against Wisconsin, which was a series that had run from April the 18th through the 19th and through the 20th. And then, of course, had the day off for Easter on Sunday here in the Midwest League. Happy to report to you, though, Connor Scott back in the lineup on the 22nd against the Beloit Snappers. So after you hear this, you will know that Connor Scott doing much better now. He was going through some tests, so we knew it wasn't as serious, at least, because, well, they were testing him out on the field during batting practice. He was running the bases and, of course, working with the training staff here. That's Melissa Hampton, the athletic trainer, and the performance specialist, Amanda Sartoris. So hats off to them, and, of course, good to see Connor Scott back in the lineup, especially for a guy who, as you would imagine, as the just about everyday leadoff hitter here in Clinton, a big part of the offense, and as one of the top prospects for the Marlins. Got to see this guy play just about every day, so it's good to see him back in the starting lineup for the Lumber Kings as they get a little bit healthier, which makes it a little bit scarier for the Midwest League. Lumber Kings, as we record this again on April 22nd, a Monday here in Clinton, Iowa. They are one of the hottest teams in the Midwest League, winners of seven of their last eight games. Nine and six is their record. They are just two games back of the Burlington Bees. That's going to do it for us here on Episode 4 of A-Ball with Eric Oes. want to thank everyone for listening to this episode, but this is the time of the podcast where we shamelessly plug the broadcast side of things. We, of course, hope that you can make it out to a Lumber Kings, Lumber Kings game, easy for me to say at some point here in the 2019 season, but you, of course, can listen to all of the action to the Miami Marlins single-A affiliate with yours truly, Eric Ilse, on the call. You can find us if we're in the broadcast range at 100.3 FM WCCI, and for those of you who are outside of the broadcast range, you can find us, too. We are on the interwebs at LumberKings.com via the TuneIn radio app. So if not at the game, you can see us on the radio, and we sure hope you will join us, and hopefully again next time for Episode 5 of A-Ball with Eric Ose. We'll talk to you then.